0: Is wide butterfly, flutters by.
1: This is Dr. Rod and
2: Joanna Denise,
1: coming to you from a tiny studio near a frozen pond in Minnesota.
2: Very cold, frozen area.
1: And our studio today is a bit chilly. But we hope it'll be a warm podcast.
2: Yes, lots of good conversations (laughs) to be had.
1: And we're hoping you're doing well in the new year. We thank you for tuning in. And we are hoping and planning to have a release of each podcast weekly, starting probably within the next seven days.
2: Wouldn't that be great?
1: We've had... uh, My
0: son, on if as you will catch from the podcast, I think that has to be. Yeah, that's good. Let's keep trying that. All right.
1: Um, we're working with the Roadcaster, making sure it works well. And but today, we wanted to introduce especially Joanna, she is from Brazil. And has been living there for quite a
2: few, how many years now? Well, my whole life, basically. I was two when we moved to Brazil. So, okay. And then we just came to Minnesota now. The child <laughs> of missionary a
1: parents yeah. and grandparents, she told me. Absolutely. And because she's agreed to come on and, and be part of our podcast and co-hosting, I wanted her to tell some of her story, her journey. So, Joanna, let's do that. Let's talk about your journey of spiritual discovery, growth, whatever, so they can, our listeners can get an idea of who you are.
2: All right. We might need a few days for that, like hours. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> because well, there's just so much happening all the time. And when we're uh, attentive to see the God incidents, um, I guess there's just always lots to talk about.
1: We could order in Jimmy John's because they have all, a new right. one in Fergus. You
2: know. Oh, yeah. I have never tried that. It's really so. good. Okay. fresh sliced, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um, well, I grew up in southern Brazil in a town called Curitiba, which is the capital of the state of Paraná. So it's about the same distance from the equator as like South Carolina, North Carolina. So not exactly tropical. Um, we get cold winters, mm. no snow, uh, on occasion snow, but it doesn't last very long. Um,
1: and where are you in the birth order of the family?
2: I'm the oldest of four kids um, and two girls, two boys. And we are all involved in God things <laughs> throughout um, the areas where we serve. So I have a brother who lives in Minneapolis and he and his wife serve at, um, with music and media and organization at Hillside Church. And I have a sister who lives next door to me in Brazil. And mm. she and her husband are involved in the medical field and she's a nutritionist and works with child uh, feeding and uh, has an app for that. And so that's a fun mm. friend journey for her too. Mm-hmm. And I have a brother and his wife, were missionaries in Paraguay. And so that's been a, a fun experience for them as well. They were just here with me last weekend when we recorded the other podcast. They were here visiting, they're headed back to Paraguay this next week. So nice. Yeah. Excited to see what is going to happen there and in their ministry. And my parents are still in Brazil and still missionaries and involved with a lot of social projects, Bible camp ministries, church planting has been their focus throughout the years. Mm. And uh, yeah, they do a wonderful job at it. Have been great role models and inspiration (laughs) throughout all the years and
1: your grandparents
2: and my grandparents were missionaries to brazil pioneer missionaries to brazil in the 50s and um they went to brazil to the state of that where we are at now Mm -hmm. and they went in as um as the name says pioneer missionaries so they went to towns that were just being started that had absolutely nothing they came with the tractors to open the first roads and so my grandpa started the first church for school first hospital in two different towns in the interior of our state and um, later they settled in one town called there they started a seminary orphanage school and five churches in the area which are still growing strong and Uh, just really made an impact. You know, it's kind of fun to say that the first school, first hospital, and first church in a town were started by your grandpa. Um, And my grandma is still living and she lives in Minneapolis. So we've enjoyed uh, spending time with her now over the holidays. And she's... Such an amazing woman. She has stories to tell. Uh, too bad she's not so close by here, so we could <laughs> talk yeah, to her. But she happen. has amazing stories to tell of what God has done over all these years and the names of people. I was, I'm always amazed. How does she remember the names of all mm. these people <laughs> mm. and what has happened to them and how uh, impactful they have been? So, yeah, they've served the Lord and um, in ministry and wherever they're at. So my grandpa actually taught at Hillcrest one year and uh
1: so hillcrest for our listeners is in fergus falls minnesota
2: yes it's a christian boarding school and also off-campus students too but it's going on a hundred in some years
1: right and they have what's the population there for nine through twelve do they have is it
2: we're at 300 and over 300 students right now so
1: and a little known fact which wasn't recorded in the hillcrest history that i just read but i was involved there because my children were there uh-huh. and I helped start the girls soccer program
0: yes. at Crest
1: and I laid out the original field, How cool! Which, if you haven't ever laid out a soccer field to get, you know, a rectangle, uh-huh. the right dimensions are you know, that size
2: mm-hmm.
1: involves a little bit of, if you're not a surveyor or an engineer, you know, it <laughs> involves a little <laughs> bit of walking and, but I really enjoyed Holding a metric <clears throat> tape. Or... Yeah. And then measuring diagonals and things. I really enjoyed doing that. And it was a, such a pleasure to coach, you know, the Hillcrest team. And my daughter was on that as well. Yeah. And a number of Norwegian students at the mm-hmm.
2: time. That's always been uh, really interesting, too, that Hillcrest always brings in so many international students, especially from Norway, which is.
1: Right. Right. A fun opportunity. And that flavor is. Yeah. So you're you fit right into some of that international flavor. But I, yeah. Tell me more about that journey. If, like, first of all, your awareness, I would like to know as you started, Joanna, when did you become? aware of god as a very present real daily thing we talk about god incidences Mm -hmm. as being aware of god in all of the things of the connections of our life and the things Mm -hmm. that happen that seem like coincidences but but really they're connections Mm -hmm. connecting
2: um it just happens so naturally i think um the way we were brought up to recognize god at work in the in the details, Mm -hmm. um, and being willing to be God's hands and feet, no matter what. So if a person comes knocking on your door, asking for food, that person will probably join your table and might spend the night, you know, and, and you'll see what other needs you can supply for the next day or finding youths that are in trouble and bringing Mm -hmm. them in and bringing them as part of the family. And my parents have always had this very, um, loving approach to just serve and to be the God incidents in the lives of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So if it's a roof that needs fixing or a ride to the hospital or whatever it is that needs to be done, that's going to be done. And so in the same way, we've always been very aware to notice God doing that in our own lives Mm -hmm. and providing for our own needs, whatever they might be. And so I think just that growing up with that recognition that, things do not happen by chance. Everything is, um, everything is happening and we're here for a purpose and God has a purpose in using us for that, um, need or to supply whatever that might be. And it's not preaching. It's not necessarily opening the Bible and having a Bible study, although that might be it too. Um, but it's just, everything is connected. And so I think growing up in that environment, it was just kind of a natural, um, awareness of every moment counts for the glory of God. Every moment is a moment of serving and of learning and of um, discovering more of who he is and how he works. And so I don't necessarily have that story of, wow, at this moment, it came clear because it just seems like it was always obvious and God was always a part of everything Um, and very personal, you know, so it was never something that, oh, mom and dad do that and we do something else. No, it's always been something. We love God. We serve God together and we're used by him and, and molded by him. And of course it, all faith has to be personal, right? Otherwise it doesn't count. But I don't remember that one specific moment, you know, that, that just something changed. Of course there are tons of moments where you come to certain realizations and make decisions and you um, make your own choices and things like that, you know, guided by whatever, you know, that moment is in your life, but I don't know that it's necessarily that one magical thing, you know, or super spiritual experience. I think it's just accumulation of all of them, you know?
1: And our, yeah, our, our, among our listeners, I'm sure there are many people even among, in the Christian community that are going, yeah, I had parents that did things like that, but then maybe they felt there was a disconnect between their professional
0: Mm -hmm. persona, Mm -hmm.
1: like what they were called to do Mm -hmm. and then what they did at home
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or, or that the connection of that flow where you're depending on God sometimes may have been more forced or Mm -hmm. professionalized sort of like, Oh, we'll do this here. And then we were different people at home, but you seem to have a sense that that was one. So you didn't seem to go through that. Oh, they're not, like that's fake, or
2: oh no, not rebellion. At all. You know, <laughs> no, like yeah. this
1: hypocrisy uh-huh. rebellion thing. Right, where a lot of kids will struggle with something because they see, obviously, as children, they see they can see inconsistencies. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Well, they're doing this here, or they're you know, mm-hmm. and then they have a realization on their own that perhaps they are also inconsistent. I mean, they you know, there's mm-hmm. sort of a, a childlike innocence that people have of themselves, thinking that they're you know, oh, I can see that in other people, but. But then they go through some kind of a transition, mm-hmm. transformation. But you don't seem to have that,
0: which is interesting. Yeah,
2: it's, it's interesting to see mm-hmm. that um, I believe we, everything that God has created, it's connected. And, and every sphere of society should be redeemed for the glory of God. So there's never been that thing, here is where you act like a Christian. Here is your secular job or whatever. You know, it's, it's all for the glory of God, right? It's all it's all to improve whatever place we're in, you know? So that's always been very true. Wherever you go, you go to make that a better place, a place that will reveal the fullness of it, of whatever it can be um, to just inspire the beauty or, or find uh, you go into a different culture, into a different neighborhood to share the gospel. You're not trying to, you know, change everybody's houses or move where they're going. You're trying to find the beauty in, you know, just... I remember going to a neighborhood house and every one day a week, she would make homemade bread and it was just so fun to run over by bike and, you know, help her kids sell the bread that she would make, you know, in the neighborhood houses. And, mm-hmm. and then we'd get a fresh piece of bread with that little butter on top. You know, it's just, those moments are for the glory of God too, you know, making your bread uh, to sell for your means of support. That's beautiful. You know, that is, that is honoring God as well. And I think that was always very true that we're not perfect. And that was always, you know, fine at home. Everybody has their moments and we're not perfect, but there's always forgiveness and we work it out and we talk about it and we improve, you Mm -hmm. know, to, to see that. So there's not that thing of holier than that. Yeah. We're pastors, kids. Yeah. We have, we sit in the front row. Yeah. We lead the worship and the youth group and all of that. Okay. That's fine. But we did it because we love to do that because Mm. God had gifted us with talents and things that, that favored that. So, yeah, let's do that for the glory of God, too, and let's have fun doing it. So it was never a burden, and I think that was important. My parents always portrayed that as joy. To serve is right. to share joy, and whatever that might be. I mean, so many complex situations and so many hard scenarios that we've experienced and, and helped people through. But it was never heavy, like, oh, we have to do this. You know, it was always, yay, we get to serve. Yay, we get to help. Um, And we get to see God's glory revealed through that. So it was always very joyful and very light. And I think that makes a huge difference. Like when I look back at my siblings and and myself, it was always just so natural that we all wanted to be um, in the front seat of what God's doing you know, like we want to be there. We want to be a part of that. And that's just been fun to see and to watch and to encourage each other in and, and see how God's used that as we've grown up. And as our children, now I've got a daughter in college and, you know, I've got four kids of my own. And just to see that faith being their own and their joy in serving and just finding ways that they can plug in and, Mm -hmm. and help and see the needs of others. And I'm like, yay, that's what it's all about. You know, just love God, loving people. And that's the essence of it all. Like, love people and you'll find joy in life <laughs> Right. when you right. start looking at your own self and your own problems. Yeah. That's where it gets hard. But Hey, if you look out, there's so many people that have so many needs that you can help and you can be a part of and mm-hmm. bring joy. So,
1: so do you <laughs> have fun. some particular incidents where you saw that coming about in a way that was surprising to you or perhaps notable when times when you remember that, As you're serving, oh, God brought these things together to work for good. You know, like there's that verse that God works all things together Mm -hmm. for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose, Mm -hmm. which which I think is speaking to the whole idea of your the freedom you have Mm -hmm. in serving. It's not coerced. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: Exactly. Well, I think. Drop my mitten here i got to cover my yeah. fingers because they're cold. She's
1: putting on her mittens <laughs> in the studio. Yeah. And my toes are a little bit chilly right now. Just so you know. How are your feet? Are they okay? Oh, they're good. They're good. All right. I've got warm boots on. So.
2: Prepared for this Minnesota winter <clears throat> thing.
1: Um, it was like three degrees this morning, by the way. Yeah. I, I went outside and, yeah, I... Went to the chickens and got the eggs before they froze because okay. we have chickens. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, wow, it is really cold today.
2: So no, we used to have chickens at home, but I cannot imagine having chickens in this weather. I don't think I would find any pleasure in taking care of them all winter long. No, there's no pleasure in that. <laughs> the
1: pleasure is in that bright, golden-colored yolk in oh, the egg. That
2: is that is the quite brown yeah, eggs, and knowing
1: perfect. that they're organically raised, and you know, the food that I'm eating there. I know where it came from.
2: Yeah, that know. is that is good. That and is, then
1: all our table scraps and stuff that we we get to feed the chickens, so we perfect. don't waste as much.
2: Uh-huh. That, that it's is It's a good. good
1: feeling. It is a good. feeling. It's all connected.
2: But yeah, it's Minnesota and winter. And then the
1: manure For... goes on my garden in the <laughs> summer. Okay, so you got the whole everything. the whole
2: thing planned out. <laughs> well, so, one of these got incidents, I think, uh, yeah. most recent, and that affect why we're here right now. Um, so, I have a school back in Brazil, which we started in twenty um 07 and it's a christian bilingual school so the goal is to build character and to help kids uh be <laughs> be great individuals and and reach their full capacity and to do that you need discipline and you need character and character is not formed just overnight it's something that needs to be forged right it's a mark that's made with pressure and hard work and so our school is you know focused on teaching biblical principles to form character, to guide kids um, to the truth and to light. And What's to, the name of the school? It's called Lighthouse. In... It's in Campo Largo, Brazil. So it's a smaller town next to the capital, Curitiba, of our state. And,
1: and in yeah, Portuguese, how do you say Lighthouse?
2: Lighthouse. <laughs> it's in English, though. So. This is, it's a bilingual school, so they have to learn English. Ah, so they do their okay. subjects. And,
1: so you get to use
2: English. Don't yeah. Me? We okay. get to use English a lot.
1: Now, is your husband speak, is he born speaking
2: fluent Portuguese? Portuguese. Yeah. He's a uh, native born and grew up in Brazil mm-hmm. and he had the opportunity to come to the States when he was uh, a teenager, um, late teens to help his uncle and picked up some summer jobs when he, uh, okay. summer Brazil, winter jobs. Uh, And he learned English here and studied in Brazil, too. So we met teaching English uh, at a language school in Brazil. And um, so he speaks English really well. And we had this other English school for 26 years. We had to we closed it right before we came to the States now after 26 years, which was a hard, hard Mm -hmm. thing to to say goodbye to and um move on from but that's a whole another story but anyway so this school every year i went adding another grade so i started out with preschool and kindergarten and nursery nursery preschool and kindergarten and every year we went adding another another grade and i could tell you <clears throat> many many stories of how god provided or those those moments those encounters that are so you know relevant like mm-hmm. um But anyway, let's go on to how we're here today. Um, So I had submitted all the documentation, written all of it for implementing high school. I have up till ninth grade now. And I really wanted to add the next grade. So that would be 10th grade in Brazil. Um, That's high school, 10th, 11th and 12th. And I was really confident, had written up this great project and it was what I wanted for my kids. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want for the community. This is what I want to offer, and we had the teachers on board, and we had the staff ready to expand, and it was going to be great. And we submitted it in time. Theoretically, our goal was to start it in 2023, February of 2023. Have our first high school class. The documentation process took longer than it should have, and so the authorization didn't come until mid-January, and that was too late because classes start in February, right? Uh, the school calendar follows the the year calendar because summer is in january february right, right yeah. so you start the school year in february and you end in december and so it was too late for us to implement when the authorization came it came but it came delayed and so i was you know a little disappointed i'm like god but you know we're supposed to do this high school thing and it was gonna be great you know <laughs> but okay cry my tears and you know it'll be god knows what the reasoning is and one, it was mid-february um i saw a post on the hillcrest webpage and it says you know these two positions are open and the minute i opened my phone and i saw that i knew that those positions were for us it was for a head dean for the boys dorm and a teaching position and i said this is our job. And so I just sent it to my husband and I was like, okay. And we talked about it later. He's like, when I saw that, I thought we're going again. Um, cause we'd been here in 2019, 2020, just for a, a nine month experience with our kids. And also the same idea. We came to teach and be in the boys dorm as deans. And so it was great. And we thought it'd be fun to have that experience again. And the difference is this year we had done this partnership with Hillcrest to send Brazilian students here. So we had five students signed up to come to Hillcrest this year. And it just made a lot of sense for us to be here too, to be this first year of the partnership with, you know, more students coming into the high school that were Brazilians and it's a new culture. And, and there've been Brazilians before, but, you know, not in such great number or within without any connections to Hillcrest people or to churches or whatever, you know, not missionary kids, just local Brazilian students being able to come. Mm -hmm. So we looked at that and that seemed, you know, interesting. But of course, we're the principals of a school. We have a lot of other involvements. We had two schools at the time. And so just for that to be a possibility, it was even um, kind of, you know, way too crazy. Right. So, so many things have to align. And the same day, like, I think about six different people sent us that post, like when they looked at it everybody thought that's Joanna and Sue. (laughs) Just like different random people just saw that. Like from my dad's side, he's not always on social media, but you know, my dad saw it and he forwarded it to to us. And he's like, I think you guys have to go. And so we called uh, Brad Hogan's and the president here and said, Hey, so do you think we would be fit for this job? Would this be something we should apply for? He's like, well, if you want it, it's yours, you know, and let us know. And so we prayed about it over the weekend, and our kids were gone to camp. And when they came back, and we had talked to Brad and we talked to other people, and we were like, okay, now we need to talk to the people who will f- take over the school mm-hmm. while we're gone to see if they will commit because we wanted to be able to come and, and, um, my husband would take some seminary classes, get a master's, and, and, um, also, for the kids to have a, you know, a better experience and for the school not to have to find somebody else to hire right away. Right. So, we've made a two year commitment to come. And so, our team back in Brazil had to commit for two years of leading the school with us at a d- distance. Yeah. You had to- oh, my. So many. And everybody was, you know, all those little connections, they just fell right into place. Even to the point of, okay, we need to close the other school because we're not going to be. Last time we managed two schools from here but it was just too busy and we couldn't give it the same attention this time with my husband also taking classes. Mm -hmm. So um, everything worked out and we were able to transfer all of our students from the language school over to my sister-in-law's school. And that was a smooth transition. Closing a a business is much harder than opening one. We've discovered (laughs) just all the legal, Mm you know, the, the, the things with taxes and with the, just even giving back the building we used for 26 years and all of those details but God provided in all of those details and so it was just fun to see how sometimes you know I had this plan for high school in 2023 if that had come through we would not have been able to come because I definitely would have had to be there to see that the first two three years of the high school are are working appropriately the teachers are doing what we have you know, proposed in our project and you know there's always so many things in the first year of something that need full attention and so full back, dedication
1: in looking back that the no that you
2: exactly
1: got now became uh, an glad.
2: obvious yes it was like
1: which our listeners i'm i'm sure in their own lives will experience that there are times we have no's mm-hmm. and yet in the future, we don't, we can't look into the future, so that no may be the opening for a yes that's greater, exactly, just, right, and that's an encouragement. And
2: that's so true all the time. I mean, sure, I was, you know, sad, disappointed because you know my, my daughter and and you know the other eighteen kids in the class were with this expectation to stay with us at Lighthouse, mm-hmm. So now, you know, they had to go find another school. They had to be in an in an environment that was completely different, uh, educational. Um, setting for them. And so it was, you know, that kind of that loss, that kind of a grief moment, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, this isn't going to happen right now the way I had imagined. And of course, that's always hard to deal with, but I know, I mean, God's done that so many times that it's never in vain. It's, it's a no, not yet, maybe. Um, I still have hopes to start that and it was approved. So I just called the board of education said, okay, I don't, I'm not going to start it in 2024. It's going to be postponed for, you know, probably 2026, seven I'm guessing. Um, But yeah, it's just one of those fun things that looking back, it's a no, that seems like, okay, (laughs) what are we going to do this year? You know, there's no high school. Okay. Then a month later, this opportunity Arose for us to come, and just the preparations of everything to to be here. So, um, God works in some fun and different ways, and just so many of those connections. And I think we always have to be aware of those. You know, the well, people we meet, the things we experience, the, the places we go. Everything has a purpose. You know,
1: the faith part is uh, curious to me too, because Joanna, as you mentioned. You had this sense of, aha, this is for us, like mm-hmm. you had that right away. And in Hebrews, it says, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, mm-hmm. right? And it's like a, the conviction of something unseen, mm-hmm. which a lot of times, I just read another article on this recently, how in our human nature, we, we want evidence and we, we're, we tend to be rational mm-hmm. and we want to be reasonable. And yet. There is this mysterious liberating call in this Bible we read and in the Mm -hmm. gospel where faith is given like to Abraham Mm -hmm. to go somewhere where God hadn't told him where he was going. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember when we were going to Africa, Mm -hmm. I had this, a lot of people saying, well, all these, they ask all these questions like, well, how are you going to live? And where's the medical facilities? And Mm -hmm. what about the unrest there? And what about these things? And I said, I don't know, but I had this great sense, this conviction mm-hmm. that I would go. You exactly. Know. And so I think we shouldn't, um, I just wanted to highlight for our, our listeners that faith often calls us to step out when there's a God incidence or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. It, you're called to step out into an area where you probably will feel a certain amount of hesitancy mm-hmm. and fear. So how do you know that's God? How do you know that right. you shouldn't be rational? Well, no, that's not a good thing to do. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know? sometimes the things that God asks us to do are completely <clears throat> irrational. If you think about them too much, you're like, no, that can't be. Right. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't be wise at all. So how did you measure yeah. this
1: in that sense? How do you know? Of course, you know, for you, you'd wanted this. You, you had kind of seen this would be a great fit and other people did too. But when things happen, I mean, for me, it was... I remember looking back and using kind of using the Bible as a framework, Mm -hmm. like, okay, God calls us to go out and reach other people. Mm -hmm. And he did send disciples and say, go out and preach the gospel. And so I know that I'm even though this is risky going to Mm -hmm. Cameroon, you know, in Africa, living in a bush village, you Mm -hmm. know, 50 miles from any hospital. I knew I was doing something from the biblical framework, you know, Mm -hmm. that that was God's will Mm -hmm. wasn't. It but God's will always crazy. isn't, you know,
2: like so specific no, that we can right. say, oh, yeah, that's the exactly. time and the place and the way.
1: So there is that personal mm-hmm. faith component.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I I think one of the key elements is understanding our purpose and calling um, to my husband and myself. It's always been very clear that um, education is our field of influence. Right. Um, and so. Whenever and wherever we are, um, being able to serve in this educational component, like if there was an opportunity to go sell tacos and make a lot of money, you know, that's not our that's not our vocation. That's not Mm -hmm. something no matter how much money we would make, it would not be the fulfillment of that which we were called for, what we find great joy in and we can use all of our gifting in. You know, yeah, you so you just
1: use three words really quickly in there. i just wanna yeah. highlight them for yes.
2: <laughs> I do that sometimes. I think of calling, really good words and I don't remember
1: <laughs> gifted. And I think Vocation, that's something yeah. that we should just slightly unpack. You know, knowing that you're gifted for that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you've said overrides the maybe the monetary or mm-hmm. the other aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And that and that gifting comes about through your relationship. And then I think that calling you talked mm-hmm. about, probably relates to the character you, you mentioned at the beginning mm-hmm. about you're, you've got a school and you want character because there's some choices. So I was just thinking, okay, someone's listening and they've got this idea. And I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking, okay, I would tell them, you have to find out like first who you are. exactly, Like, like who really are you? Are you A child of god are you Mm -hmm. following what are you following are you -hmm. are you here to make money is it power is it influence Mm -hmm. is it a movie career is it stardom is it
0: you know whatever and and
2: no matter what the 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 place the sphere of 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 occupation that you are going to be in the idea that you can live the full potential of what god has gifted you with you know where where every human being is so gifted in so many different ways that being that, that whole package of personality, your experiences, your educational background, um, all of that. I mean, not everybody's had the perfect upbringing, not everybody's had the most favorable conditions, but all of those things have prepared you, have formed the character that you are today. And God can use all of that, you know, and, and we can find purpose and meaning in living out that purpose. and you seem happy. Yeah, in doing that, right? yeah, it, absolutely. I think there's great joy in that. So it's you okay know. to
1: be happy. Oh,
2: <laughs> I would hope so, <laughs> or I'm in big trouble.
1: <laughs> no, but a lot of religious experience is not necessarily portrayed that way as only being, you know, mm-hmm. happiness or joy. Yeah. But you, it seems like that's a spontaneous and natural outworking of following your giftedness, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's something everyone needs to hear in the new year is okay. Yeah. Um, maybe that thing isn't so far away from you. Maybe God's presence and God's gifts and calling, and everything are very close by, mm-hmm. and we're just not seeing them. You mm-hmm. think that's possible?
2: Oh, absolutely. And and sometimes not willing to see that. Mm-hmm. So I think even that shout out to God, prayer, or that reflective moment of what are the things that I find joy and pleasure in, and how has God molded and used that in my life, and how can I use that to serve and to bless others, right? How can, how can I impact the society around me? We do not live alone lives on an island. We live surrounded by community, by people. And so everything we do relates to people, whether it is our relationship to God himself, our relationship to our spouse, to our kids, to our coworkers, to the people we meet on the street or in the supermarket. You know, it's, it's all, uh, God has created us as relational beings. There's no way to run around it. We can't live alone (laughs) and we go crazy if we do. So how can we use all of our gifts and talents to, Mm -hmm. to bless our community? So I like that. uh, There's so much to say, but I think, (laughs) I think we've talked too much for this podcast. So we probably should wrap it up. (laughs)
1: Well, I think that's a good place to put it. And that I, I, as we leave, Many times it seems in the biblical literature and the stories and even the God incidences that that prayer is a lot to do with asking honest questions of mm-hmm. God, like where God or how.
2: Mm-hmm. And that, Why am I here? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But that in itself is the essence of faith, I think. The mm-hmm. the ability to ask God that question. So if our listeners are wondering, okay, how come I don't see God working in my life or how mm-hmm. do I maybe it's just The pausing and stopping to say, well, have you really asked? Because Jesus did say to his disciples, you have not. Because Because you ask not.
2: Right. (laughs) Ask and and it will be given. Knock and the door will be open. It's kind of the essence of a
1: good relationship too, you know, whether it's marriage, Mm -hmm. co-workers, your future is to be able to ask questions Mm -hmm. and to 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 probe this thing. And I think as you've shown that the community came around you with this, you know, all working together for Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. family agreed and all things eventually worked out. Yeah. Which is great. And we're glad to have you. And so that's why we have you on the podcast. Here
2: we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been great to talk to you guys today and I hope you have a great and joyful day, whatever you're doing. May you just see the God incidents around you. It's amazing to see what he's doing.
1: Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening.
0: Past the moments of your life. Just wait on your turn. Don't skip past the moments of your life.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: We'll see you later. Bye bye. Past the moments of your life.